Delighted to be joined by former main senior footballer Joe Sheridan to look back on the opening round of the Gaelic Football Championships across the four provinces. And if you haven't seen, we're running our own Match Points League where you have a chance to win uh, different GA jerseys from DS Sports every week. So make sure to check them out. Some top quality gear there. But Joe, um, looking back at the action over the weekend, it's kind of really, I suppose, shown to everyone, if it wasn't evident before, that the provincial championships are really dying a death. Yeah, look, and we, we see all these first-round games and even sort of dead rubber games, and it's literally like it's, we, we we know the outcome pretty pretty much from, from the outset. And look, as much as teams... Managers trying to rise up a team to try and compete against the likes of Dublin and Kerry, and it's um, it's just very difficult, you know. That there's there's a massive gap, and even for the likes of Clare at the weekend, like they were very close to becoming a Division One team and playing in Division One against the likes of Dublin, Kerry, Tyrone's, and um, they went out and get an absolute drumming against Kerry, and you know that's 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 the disappointing thing because, like. You'd like to be positive and say, look, yeah, the gap is is actually reducing and these teams are getting closer. Maybe one out of 10 games, yeah, they might have a chance, but on the other nine chances, um, there's very little hope for these teams to compete against. Um, the likes of Kerry and Dublin. And look, it's not their fault. You know, the, the, they're the top teams and they've got a, a conveyor belt of, of unbelievable footballs coming through every year and, and some teams don't. And, and that's just the way it works. You know, some, some years... Um, one team would come along and it'd become a cycle. You might be successful for three or four years and compete at a level that they might not be used to and then it'll go again. And Whereas the top teams always have them players coming through and they're doing the right things at underage and they bring the right players through. They're being successful. So that leads to other players and the younger players wanting to play um, for, the, for the county teams. Whereas in some of the maybe the lower levels and the, the lower divisions and, and teams that aren't as successful and Probably saying for the likes of ourselves and me, like, you know, when we're lucky enough that we probably have a lot of the players that we need playing, but there's still probably lads pulling away because they don't see any light at the end of the tunnel and any success. And that, at the end of the day, players play and they want to compete and they want to have a successful career. And um, when you look at training five or six nights a week and what you're going to get out of it, it's hard for lads to commit and say, look, yeah, I'm going to take 10 years out of my life, I'm going to play and I'm going to jump on board. Um, this commitment for that for that length of time and I think it's just a change of mentality that's seen bigger and better things supposedly outside of the GAA and, and that's you, you can't blame lads for that they want to go off and live their own lives and do, do whatever they want to do and travel the world and, and that's great and um, it's just I think it's going to be a downfall for the GAA over the next number of years again Yeah and when you look at it um, in Camogie and ladies football like the club the senior intermediate junior in Hurling, we have the Lee McCarthy, the Joe McDonough, the Christy Ring, the Nicky Record, the Laurie Merrick, and even at club football. There's talks of bringing in the Talton Cup next year, but that's not, not necessarily going to fix the issues because it's really bringing in the league to the championship because even for the likes of 
your teams in Division 4, there's still going to be a massive gap for them competing in the Tier 2 Championship. Yeah, and look, I'm, I'd am i be big for keeping the Championship together just because I think every team deserves a chance to play in the All-Ireland Final, no matter how bad or good they are. Um, and that's what every young fella want, <laughs> wants to compete and they've always dreamed of running around in the back garden, you know, wanting to be like Bernard Brogan or Colin Cooper or whoever it is and, and their idols that they're looking up to. And that's that's That would just be my own opinion. But for the good of the game, I think it needs it. Um, to make the teams that aren't in a level to compete at the top, just to give them some hope. Um, and, and look, we'll see how it works. And as you say, with the hurling, that seems to have, you know, given hope to the teams and probably improving the teams from, from lower levels. And, and you can see teams coming through 1B and 2A, 2B and stuff like that. And it, it, it does help. And the teams that maybe were in the middle are, are slowly moving up and um, they're competing to a, probably a better standard than they would have if they're only getting one or two championship games so it's um and, and, and for me I think because lads are training so much now I think there should be a lot more focus on championship games obviously is it's a stepping stone to the championship the championship is the most important thing and I think if you can have as many games as possible in it it's only it's only going to do the players good going to create more revenue for the GA and um, Fans and supporters are actually going to see better games. So you're going to have a lot more. You're going to probably, for the GA, you're going to actually spread sort of the game a lot more as well because they'll be showing a lot more games on telly. You know, and, and, and across the way, I think I think it'd be it'd be good over the next, like, an, there's doubters and, and look, I think it's against change more than anything. Um, if you look at it in an overall scheme of things, it's probably the thing that needs to be done in the football championship and, See where it goes from there. They can always chop and change. Change the rules every year anyway, so may as well keep going and there'll be options then going forward. Yeah, and even when we're just looking at the championship overall, um, we're probably going to see a competitive Connacht semi-final between Ross Common and Galway, a competitive Connacht final, um, competitive in Ulster, but then when you're looking at Leinster and Munster overall, you can already predict the winner, really. Yeah, yeah, and look, it, it it happens like a couple of years ago, say ten years ago, Leinster was very competitive. Like, you know, me had a chance of being Dublin on the day. Kildare had a chance. You know, even like Salish and Westmead were coming. They give a good year every now and again. Whereas now it's literally just Dublin will, will walk through Leinster and jump into an All Ireland quarter final, semi finals at their ease. Kerry the same, even though it didn't happen last year. I think it was just to took the eye off the ball. The way they're going this year, they're looking pretty, pretty impressive. So I can't see any, any um, mistakes in themselves. And Peter Keane touched on it after the game. It's just another game, and they concentrate on it um, going into the next game. So um, look, yeah, it, it's not great. It doesn't look good. But look, you're gonna have that as well. You're gonna have even in the in the two tier championship, you're gonna have differences in games where teams will pull away and, and stuff like that. It probably obviously won't be at a higher degree. Um, as if the full championship is still going, but it's look, they have to do something. Uh, they have to, to get the competition back into it. They have to make other teams a lot more competitive. They have to give them a hope. They have to give them a chance. And I think this is a stepping stone to do that. Uh, obviously, you just mentioned there, um, Dublin and Kerry, like they do look um, like they're already going to meet in all that environment, but you never know. There could be shocks like last year we had in the knockout championship. but. Um, 
news emerging in Dublin the last few days. The most recent news is that Keenan Sullivan has announced his intercounty retirement. And you have to really say, Joe, he, a super player and really brought, I suppose, the role of, of the sweeper to a new level. Oh, yeah, very, very classy, top-class fellow, even off the pitch as well. Very nice fella. Um, and, and look what he's done, eight All-Irelands. He's got, I think, 11 or 12 lengths of titles, a couple of All-Stars, three All-Stars, I think. He's got an All-Ireland club championship. Um, and look, he probably continue playing club football. He's still well. But he's been dogged with injuries and hamstring injuries over the last couple of years. So it's, I'd say he's disappointed because, obviously, he committed to the year. Um, obviously not calling his retirement early on so he obviously hoped to have some part to play but I'm guessing injuries have just sort of cut that short and it's look it's um, it's not nice if that's the case that an injury calls your time on, on such a successful career but he, he was a fantastic player and as you said the sweeper role he just sort of he was the main man who kept that defence going he organised he was the sort of the Kieran McGinney of the, the sort of the last Decade really when Kieran McGinley was playing with Armar, he was that general around centre back, um, you know. But being you know Sullivan, he just very very classy football. He could come up and kick points off off the outside of his boot. Who could back and he'd do a man marking job on someone as well. So he he had it all and um, you know best of luck in his, his retirement. And unfortunately, um, to me, I'm it's hard to say, but it's it, it's a fair career and there's not too many other players that will ever play the game will have um, such a decorated career like himself. Yeah, and like a player played in all positions as well, cornerback, fullback, centre back, wing back, and midfield. Um the other one is Stephen Cluston was rumoured to play a club game at the weekend for Parnells. And Kieran Kenny came out in his interview and said that he was part of the panel, but playing a club game and starting it a week before the Leinster Championship definitely does raise a few eyebrows. Very strange. Don't know what's going on there at all. Only just chatting today about um, the, the dad, and I was like, "What? Is, like, it's it's extremely strange." Like, I know he had a couple of injuries, and he was just he went back and he played with the club a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, but I I don't understand it. He's one of the greatest players to ever play the game, so I really hope that he's not being just pushed aside because. He's been there too long and they're trying to change it. That man should be able to leave, leave the Dublin setup whenever he likes. He's, you know, he's the greatest keeper and probably one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Um, so it's, it's just very, very distressing from probably more of a Dublin support point of view than, and even as a, as a general support of the game, you know, you want to see him playing. He could probably play from the three or four years if needed because he's in great shape and keep himself well and, He's always um, very focused and um, sets the standards for the Dublin team, to be honest. And look, I, I, I haven't heard anything. I don't know what's happening, but I'd like to hope that he'd be back there. And look, Comerford has come in and done a, done a decent enough job, but is he at the level of the clubs? And no, I don't think so. So it's um, it, it's a strange one. It'd be interesting to see what happens um, from the first round if he's even on the squad. And I think he's been playing full back as far as I know for his club, so that's the one where you'd really have to question it. But if he wasn't to be involved, do you think this could be a massive blow for Dublin this year? Um, yeah, well obviously, yeah. Um when they come up his kick outs are as good as, as Cluxon. He's I'm not saying he's a bad goalkeeper, but I think 
he just when the pressure comes on he, he his his kickouts aren't as um accurate and as consistent as Cluxton's. Um and look, yeah, what just what he brings to the squad and the team, his leadership roles, his his experience obviously, you know, you see times in games and he'll call lads in and just stop it all and he he he'll be the one setting the standards for the team and it's um and if something's going on, I don't know what it is, but it, it could create some friction involved in the squad with some players. They might not, not, might not like a decision. And, and then that's going to be an issue for Desi to sort out, you know. So um, hopefully it's just something very minor and he wanted to get a bit of game time into him because he hadn't played anything. But it's a very strange one, to be honest. Um, and hopefully they might come out and... And the longer they leave it quiet and don't say anything about it, the more you get worried that that's something's after happening that you won't be involved in the squad. Yeah, before we just get into the action from the weekend, um, I think this is something that's really frustrating GA fans when we see the crowds at the matches over the weekend. Um, only two hundred in some places, and that's including players. And then you're seeing shopping centres and canals across the country where there's a lot more people there than at a football hurl match over the weekend. Yeah, it's it, it's I, I I don't really get it to be honest. Um went up to the Irish Open on Thursday and like there'd be a couple of thousand people there in the same situation, same setting outdoor sports. And I, I don't understand why we, we can't put at least five thousand people into it. Um I don't know what's gonna happen. Um I don't know when it's gonna be lifted, but it's 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 very cautious approach. Very dead. You see all it, it's like the atmosphere, it's it's like a, a training game, and the only intensity in the game is still there from the players' fair play because it it is, it is a different atmosphere when you come to championship. You know, you you buzzed up, you you'll feel the buzz of the crowd. You you know, it just creates that bit of excitement as well. So it's it's um, it's disappointing to see at the minute. So hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we might be able and restrictions start lifting. They might be able to do something and, and get more people into the games because the sheer size of the stadiums and it, it, there's there's so much scope to be able to do it right and, and in the right way and put as many people as you can in there to, to enjoy these games that are going to be coming up over the next couple of weeks. The first game we'll look back on is Donegal against Down in the opening round of the Ulster Championship. Donegal 2.25, Down one twelve. No big surprise here, but do you think it was a big mistake for Donegal to play Michael Murphy in this game? Yeah, without a doubt. Like it's, it could ruin that decision over the next couple of weeks. He he twinged up. I seen I seen the the actual time he actually pulled up, and it didn't look too good to be honest. It's like was there any need for him to play? I don't think so. Maybe himself. He decided he thought he was okay, and he's the leader of the team. That he just said, "Look, I'm gonna wear it at it." But like no disrespect to Down, they won't be the most difficult opponents that they're gonna have this year. So you could have waited, see how he was. If the game was in melted pot, might bring him on with fifteen minutes to go and. You know, he, he, he might have got through that, but you're looking at, I think they're out in two weeks today. Um, yeah, against Derry. You know, and that's not going to be easy the way Derry are playing. They're, they're, they're playing high intensity and they're playing good football. And, you know, they, they, they'll they need him obviously more so than they did last weekend. Um, yeah, it, it was a strange one. Like, they could have, their, start, their squad is strong enough to be able to get through that game without Michael Murphy and, and give him another two weeks. Another two weeks and a hamstring injury is, is massive. And, you know, it could be a bad decision from Declan Bonner's point of view. Yeah, and especially like 
if you are doing a goal and they were to come into trouble, it would have made more sense to hold them in reserve. And if the game's in the metal pot, then bring them in. Yeah, and it's even for a squad thing. It's can we win a game without Michael Murphy? You know, there's going to be days that Michael Murphy won't be there. You know, so it was a perfect opportunity for the lads to take ownership, take leadership on, and and without Michael Murphy being on the pitch. And look, yeah, obviously every top player wants every player in general wants to play every game that they can. But I think. Declan Vaughan should have made a sort of a, an overriding decision to say, look, we'll hold you off, bring you on if needed to be, and then we'll, we'll go from there. And you should have had more faith in the players that that are going to come in to be able to say, right, you take it up today, lads. Give Michael a, a day off and um, give him another shot in two weeks' time, and he'll be ready to go. And I, I think it's looking back, and Declan Vaughan would, would probably regret doing what he done, and it's. Um, could be a big decision in the overall scheme of things for the championship then. Yeah, it's a good point there you made about like he didn't play the player in the next position. Do you think when I say Michael Murphy starts ahead of someone like that who's not fully fit with his hamstring, it can affect the next person because he's saying Declan Monner's picking a, really a half fit Michael Murphy ahead of me. It's different with the type of player it is, Michael Murphy, you know, so I don't think any Donegal player would think that. Um, it's it's more like I'm sure Michael Murphy thought he was fully fit to play, you know, and, and that's the problem. Hamstring injury, you know, is completely different to training games or challenge matches when it comes to the cut and thrust of it, <clears throat> um, and also championship games. So it's yeah, it's look, it's it's done now, and in hindsight, they'll probably look back and regret it, but it's. Um, I don't. I don't think it'll have a major issue. Maybe if it it was a player not of the stature of Michael Murphy, yeah, you would sort of question why am I not getting it wrong? Give me the opportunity and the chance. But the fact that it's who the player was, I don't think there'd be any issue. Overall, Johnny Gall in attack would be very pleased. Registering two twenty five, um, like even when Down had the numbers back when we were looking at the game, he said. Donegal's long-range scoring and their running really from the back was going to be the difference and it really proved to be once they got the extra man um, it never looked in doubt really and even at halftime it didn't No and look they got men back but they weren't really doing much to be honest um, Donegal are very clever they're used to that into Lincoln play crisscrossing coming on the loop and, and Michael Langan kicked a couple of nice points Ryan McHugh kicked some lovely points and they were the lads coming off that pace um, just off the shoulder, they would want the loose players looping around, and it, it just it suits suits the way Donegal play to be honest, because they're well able to hold possession, they're all very natural and comfortable on the ball, um, and, and so the down weren't really doing much when they did get back. They were they had plenty of numbers, but they weren't getting contact on. There was no high press on it, um, so Donegal could sort of play at their leisure, playing in third or fourth gear, and they've got the players to be able to kick them long range points as they did, and. Saying that, like down, it was what I think it was one sixteen to one eight, and down a very good goal chance. Uh, they got that; they would have put a bit of pressure on Donegal. So, you know, it, they're, they're fine margins. Like, would it have made a difference? But in the whole scheme and the result in the game, I don't think so. But it might have put a bit more pressure on Donegal, and they they wouldn't have walked out sort of what fifteen point winners in the end. So, it's um, there was a few things like that, but it's um, Donegal always looked in command and. They were they were very they're very, they're very efficient as well you know when they do get in front of goals uh, they keep very few wise because they work it to the right areas and um, look, it was 
think a couple of goals at the end just put a nice touch on it for them and they're um hope that, that they're happy enough into uh, after what happened last year and moving on into the Ulster qualifying isn't it yeah also qualifying against Derry it'd be a different different opportunity for them and um, Derry are the form team at the minute and they're, they're rising high above everyone with with the players that they have back and um it, it's great to see and look they've um they've a massive chance because they'll get no one will give them a chance against Donegal and you know Donegal will you know if if you look back at last year they took Calvin for granted and they could, I'm not saying it's going to happen again but it's a team that they probably might not take as serious and as focused as if it was the likes of a Toronto or Neymar. Jamie Brennan's goal um in the first half he took about 10 steps um well I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> like he finishes it. He takes. He took ten steps on the way. Do you think this is something that's creeping into the game when a forward is nearly being fouled and directs giving him the advantage? He's almost giving him more steps to go. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was a lot now, and to be honest, he was probably falling at the beginning. So the ref might not have noticed how many steps he did take. But when you look back, and obviously with with replays, we can look back and and analyze it to the last degree. But it's um. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like he was given the advantage, you probably thought there was a push on. So next thing, he over over um, looks how many steps he did take. You know, it it has happened over the last couple of years. It was you look at the All Ireland final, um, the replay, like <laughs> with Owen Merton, how many steps he took, um, and some refs let it go. Some la- some refs were sticklers for it. I think we got done in the club game last week four times, and it was it was it wasn't a sign of steps, you know. And and some refs just have it. This is what I'm going to go with. Some refs let it go, which is very frustrating for players because then players don't know no consistency around the refereeing of the game with the same same rules, you know. So it's it's hard for for players then to grasp what if another referee comes in and doesn't <laughs> keeps calling for overcarrying, then it, it's it's a different situation. But um, look, it was a great finish, and well, he was given the benefit of the doubt, and I think that sort of killed the game from there on in, and um, then it all just took over. One thing you'd have to think that'll worry Declan Bonner is Donegal are excellent running at teams and causing trouble. But when Donegal were run, ran at, and similar enough to when Monaghan exploited them in the league, they really looked vulnerable, especially for the Kayla Mooney goal and the second goal chances you already mentioned. Yeah, and look, it was that ball in over the top, and I think it's the pace that Kayla Mooney has. Um, the, the we spoke about it, you know, the Donegal defence that. They're probably they're probably they're mixing and matching in the try players in certain positions and the like the, the Jamie Brennan wing back there in one of the league games trying that out and I, I don't think they know their best six defenders at the minute. Um and the McGee had started a couple of league games, was dropped then and he's back in. You know, so it's it's a bit all over the shop for them that they're they're offering up a lot of chances in the defensive side of things and it's not like Donegal and it's a lot a lot easier. Like no disrespect to Down, they wouldn't be a high caliber attacking team. And Danny spoke about this over the last couple of months. They just don't have that attacking force that they used to have. Um, and for them to get in and get a nice handy goal from Taylor Mooney, not touched. Um, you, know, you a couple of years ago, you'd have four or five lads coming in from both sides, um, shoring that up. You'd be doing very well to get goal chances against Donegal. So it's it's something that they'll have to look at because it, obviously when they keep going on in through the Ulster Championship. And obviously, if they expect to play into an all Ireland championship, then they're going to have to tighten things up there because the top teams will punish them big time. Is that their biggest downfall of 
going all the way at the minute their defence I think so yeah yeah definitely like from midfield up um, their attack and play their counter attacking style from the half back line um, you know they're putting up big scores and like there's no issue on that front it's 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 that turnover um, in the defence and they're not loading as many players as they used to get into the into the half back full back line area to, to sort of block it all up and put the pressure on they used to put that wall up across the sort of just outside the 45 yard line and it's very hard for teams to break it down then whereas now there's not as much of that um, it's maybe sort of man for man and maybe a couple of lads just two half forwards dropping back into space as well so it's um Maybe they just need to tighten things up, and um, look, they, they they might not. Look, you you look at the league, and, and it happens. So it, it's it's a recurring thing that is going on with Donegal. So it's I'm not too sure that they're overly worried about it, but it's it's just as I say, when it comes to playing the top teams, that that's when it's going to be sort of highlighted, and then it's how they cope with the red carver down and the tackle on Michael Langan. No complaints really. Um, it was it was a stupid tackle, really. Yeah, it was rash, and it was more frustration, I think, more than anything. They were going to go well on top, and Michael Langan was after kicking four or five points, I think, at this stage, and there was no one anywhere near him. So, look, it was two fists to the face, and the, at the end of the day, to be honest, you're not getting away with that. And it was straight in front of the, the referee as well, so it was. Um, yeah, I don't think you'll have any complaints. There's uh, been a lot of talk about the performances of Conor Callaghan and David Clifford um, over the last few weeks, which is two exceptional forwards, but players kind of coming under the radar um, as one of the top forwards. Paddy McBrearty won six again, even the way he just took the goal, passing it into the net. Yeah, and look, we, we spoke about him obviously coming back in after the injury. It was great to see and how he would react. And he's, um, he's just such a classy footballer and has been for the last to come out of minor and even in the minors he, he was playing back in on the, the Donegal senior team and he's never let Donegal down he's a massive scorer he's a goal getter he just doesn't stop incredibly, incredibly accurate and finish for the goal is, is just just top class and he's um, he's a player that on his day is unmarkable and he won six and, and wasn't his best game either you know he, he, he wasn't the main man to a point that everything went through him so to get one six and still have a lot more in him, it says a lot. And he's going to be a massive player, especially if Michael Murphy's injuries is going to pull him out for a couple of games. Then he's going to be the man to step up, and he will step up. And that's the thing; he's um, he never lets the side down, and he'll keep going and keep going. And it's um, it's something Donegal would be de- would, would be delighted off. Obviously, ha- having missed him last year through injury. Uh, then just moving on to the uh, one game in the Connacht uh, Championship at the weekend Mayo 3.23 Sligo 12 points we said if Sligo were to compete in this game they'd have to stay in the game around at least to the first 20 minutes anyways Mayo came out and raced into 1.5 to 1 point lead and you could really see the golfing class after 10 minutes between these two sides yeah Mayo just showed no mercy and they just went out and it was great to see Aidan O'Shea in full forward and just pump the ball into him and he was just he was unstoppable and we spoke about this and it's I especially what well, I think his best position is full forward. He's just can't be stopped and he's just so much power and pace on and skill level. It's it's incredible. So he needs to realise that that's what he can do every game and as he's 
he's like McBurdy, like on his day, he's unmarkable and he can score two, four or five at his ease. And it's, um, I know it's, it's probably not a, as tough as test he's going to get this year, but it's good to see him back fully fit after the injury and um, back driving Mayo on because they'll need, not, he'll, they'll need him as their target and main man up front now with Killian O'Connor gone for the rest of the championship. And it's, um, on Mayo, Mayo just, a, they're, a, they're a lot better than Sligo at the minute. They're probably, Know, three or four levels above them and it's um it's tough for Sligo because they've a couple of nice players but it's just they don't have enough quality as, as Mayo have and that Mayo have that 30 man panel that can bring anyone in and they're going to create a difference and that's that's where the, the gulf in, in, in class is and unfortunately for Sligo Mayo took it out of them on on the, at the weekend and you could see it it was just sort of the game was over after as you say 15 minutes for Mayo, you mentioned Aidan O'Shea playing well at full forward, but when they come up against the bigger and better teams, they probably won't be as naive like Sligo, where Sligo did have numbers back, but they pr- probably wouldn't be as advanced as maybe some of the teams Mayo are going to meet. And like we've seen Aidan O'Shea at full forward against Dublin, and they've really sniffled any tread of him out. They've brought numbers back, they've put a sweeper in front of him. Do you still think this can work? It's just that the ball has to be better if there is numbers back in front of Aidan O'Shea. Yeah, and he that, that's the thing. They've got to be very cute, obviously, with the space that was allowed by Sligo. It was it was quite naive to nearly leave. I know they dropped another lad in, but it was nearly one-on-one most of the time he was there, and he, he's so strong, you're not going to beat him to a ball, and he's um, just going to turn and use his body to be able to do that. So it's um, like when you look at... The teams that they're going to come up against, you said the Dublins, you know, the Kerrys, the Tyrones, the, you know, them defensive-minded teams, that they will have a plan in place, but they're not just overly relying. Like, you've got Tommy Conroy there, that, that another lovely game, and a couple of lovely points, and uh, he's going to take Marshland as well. Um, you know, so it's it's not just all Aidan O'Shea, the, the players around that can pick up the mantle as well to be able to take the pressure off and, and sort of keep other defenders occupied that, they're not going to have an over-reliance on Aidan O'Shea then throughout the Championship. Yeah, you mentioned Tommy Conroy, Ryan O'Donoghue playing very well, Darren McHale at centre-forward as well. But I suppose one noticeable thing in that game was with the Mayo forwards, they weren't going for the handy score. Any chance they got, they took on their men. Yeah, maybe that's something James Horan had said to them before the game. You know, it was pretty noticeable that you know they were going for the juggler from straight up. And I think it was it's more of a... I don't know if, it, if teams are wary of what happened last year in the in the championship with teams taking sort of the lesser teams for granted and next thing you're, you're out of the championship after one game and, and maybe James has just spoke about it and, and said the concentration levels that's we, we need to focus and sort of kill this game off early and, and, and get us moving to the next round and I think that's they did that and did other with, with with ease as well so it's um it's something, even you look at the likes of the Kerry game, you know, very focused, very sort of in line to sort of get this game, this is the next game, and sort of no, no holes barred and, and just going full, full steam at it. And that's that's what Mayo did. And it was, um, it's just next game, move on, let's go and, and let's pick it up for the next, for the semi final. Is it nearly suiting Mayo perfectly? Killian O'Connor's out as a blow end, Jeremy, but. Like they can find these players against the likes of a Sligo and Leitrim before a kind of final. Oh, it's a, yeah, absolutely. Like there's lads there that might not play championship football coming in and getting the run. And 
it just gives them that experience and that bit of um before they get to sort of a iconic final against the likes of Roscommon or Galway, that the level will be will be increased and they'll have a lot of sort of game time under them, two or three games possibly. So it's uh, it's definitely a benefit and to be able to come through a game with ease and sort of be able to bring players on and get players getting the championship experience. Ma- massive difference and compared to other teams who are struggling and they're tighter games and you're not being able to give lads a run as much as, as you would like. So yeah, it's de- definitely a bonus and James Horn will be delighted with the response of the players and he's um, he'll be a happy man. Uh, I suppose the only question mark going into the match, Killian O'Connor out um, on the freeze. Ryan, I don't know who stepped up. How do you think he done? Yeah, I'm not too sure exactly what was his rate. What did he end up with? He finished, I think, with, it was five points he finished in the end. Yeah, look, you get them, you take them and you score them, you know, and that's it's 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 fine when the pressure's not on. It's it's the big games when you see it, um, and and you're just gonna have to wait and see when the when the pressure does come on if he can kick them in the game. And it's um, look, will he be as good as Killian O'Connor? I, I I can't see that because Killian's rate was top class and very rarely miss freeze. And it's um, it's 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 gonna be interesting now to be honest because the top teams always have a top class free taker. You look at Dublin, you look at Kerry. Um, you know they're the teams that you're looking at that will always have very good free take. Look at Shane Walsh and Galway. Um, you need you need to be guaranteed sort of 90 percent of your frees. And look, we'll we'll only ha- we'll have to wait and see how it goes and when the pressure does come on him if if he's a- able to handle it. Then. Um, we'll move on now to the Munster Championship quarterfinals. Um, Kerry uh, caught a lot of attention after the weekend. Uh, beating Clare three twenty two to one eleven, and I think the most impressive thing um, you could even see it on the Sunday game last night when you look at the difference between Sean O'Shea and the Kerry players from all these minor teams that broke onto the senior scene at the start of the year and to what they are now, like they've definitely really worked on their conditioning um, over the winter. Yeah, I I think every team has to be honest. Um... Strength recognition is a massive part of the game and, and it will be going forward. And um, even see club lads now, the younger lads are getting a lot bigger and stronger, quicker. Um, and with their skill level, if they're power, pace, and, and strength to be able to hold players off and conditioning to obviously reduce down on injuries, it's, it's only going to be a benefit to carry. And look, their, their, their pace and their, their vision that they have across, like Sean O'Shea had four points before player kicked the ball over the bar and then he got the goal and he was just he was unstoppable and he looked very very focused and I don't know if some days he, he might feel that Clifford gets a lot of the attention and he's like don't forget about me here lads yeah the top class player and we've seen it last year and since he's come into the squad his free taking is incredible but from play you know he he's so strong powerful he, he, he'll break through the fences and it's it's a joy to watch him, to be honest, because he's left foot, right foot, takes the freeze, can do everything, to be honest. And it's um, on, on a day where, you know, we were sort of thinking maybe Claire might have a little sniff. But, you know, after that game was done after 15 minutes, I know Claire brought it back um, to three points, I think was it in the end. Um, but then I think that was Kerry just taking the foot off the gas a wee bit. Then they drove on. Um, 
and it was just the the, the difference in quality of players that was across across the team. You look at Kerry forward line; they're just constantly going, interacting, interlinking. Um, every single one that can score from left and right feet, um, and high press they put. They really they really brought that to the game on on Saturday evening. You could see that you know the pressure they put on to the Clare kickouts. The Clare keeper was under serious pressure, um, and I think. As we spoke about before, Kerry have put a massive emphasis on this over the last couple of months throughout the league, and it's obviously paying dividends. And they're looking further down the line, obviously, but they're going to have to do that. And it's it's a high intensity game that they're playing. And if they if they if they can keep the players injury free and um, keep that level, and, and and we've seen some of the lads that did come onto the pitch, as we said, the Mayo game that they can bring lads in and out with it with a game that's sort of one after after half time then. You can bring the lads in to sort of get them game time. They're ready to go for for the, the bigger bigger games down the line. And you, you see what the, the Kerry subs did when they come in. And it's um it's only probably gonna start exciting people seeing how well play, Kerry are playing. But there's still still a wee bit of a an issue there. Even the Kerry goalkeeper, I know the Gooch spoke about it last night. He's his kickouts when he was under pressure, he was forced to kick long short you know a few a few of them were, were dodgy as well and look it was his first championship game so you, you'll have to give him the benefit of the doubt but that's the level of the top teams and if you're going to if they if carry are going to beat Dublin then that has to be on on point you know that from the kickouts and um they're going to have to work on that over the next couple of weeks to make sure that that's not going to be a downfall of theirs over the next couple of weeks yeah, like Fitzgibbon's kickouts did go wayward um, at stages in that game, but they're really going to have to stick with him now because they can't afford. Like Shane Ryan was the keeper, didn't play any minutes. I don't think as far as I know in the league, so they they just have to stick with him. And I suppose it's it's probably something across the league apart from that Dublin game where his kickouts weren't really tested. Yeah, I think Shane he's 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 injured for the he's out for the year. I think isn't he so. Um, look, yeah, and that's that just got to go with it, unfortunately. And um, it's probably not ideal for Peter Keane to be bringing in a new fat, new goalkeeper this year. Um, when they were hoping to push on and, and challenge Dublin pretty strong, um, for the All Ireland title. So it's um, it's something they'll have to work on. Look, I'm, I'm sure that they'll have the lads in there and coaches to, to be able to work on it over the next couple of weeks. And um, it's it's a bit. Worrying as well how easy Clare got in for a couple of goal chances. I know the game might have been over, but still, you know, Kerry were getting numbers back, but it's, they're not getting the contact on. Um, it's same as down as I was speaking about it against Donegal. Like, it's fine getting players back, but you've got to have the turnovers. You see Dublin, when they get their players back, they'll turn, turn other teams over, break out, and that's when they're dangerous as well. High intensity, pushing up. Proper tackling. Dublin are the best tacklers of the ball as well. People forget that. Um, whereas Kerry, they don't pay as much attention to it. And I'm guessing that they try and use their football skills. And, and it's just probably a different mentality that they would have. But they've, they've got to get it to a level where they've got to start turning these teams over rather than just getting numbers back, letting them through, and hoping that we'll get, we'll get a block on or they'll miss it or whatever. It's, um, it's something that is really, when it comes to the the sort of fall island qualifying semi-finals against the teams that they're going to be playing against if they get to there that that's that's the big problem for them i think yeah overall though the panel has to really 
impress people like the likes of Adrian Spillane, Paul Murphy, Tony Brothers and all them players like didn't start yesterday or Saturday either. Yeah, and, and look, they've got six or seven lads that can come in and make an impact and you know, that that's that's what they need to be against open because with the, the intensity levels that they're playing at, they're gonna struggle to keep lads fifteen lads on the pitch for 45 minutes, you know, if, if they're going to be up and down that wing, you know, the likes of Gainey, Stephen O'Brien, these boys that are working hard, you know, Paul Murphy didn't even get a run yesterday either, um, you know, so he, I'm, I'm guessing that he'd be one of the best players in the defence for, for Kerry, so I don't know if they're looking and say maybe he's not, he's not tight enough, he's not a natural defender as such, he's a lovely ball player, he's very comfortable on the ball, but is he what, is he, is it He's he the type of player that Kerry need at the minute. I think he's the, one of the best players, so he should be on the squad. But obviously, Peter Keane is looking at different options as well. So yeah, look at he likes a Tommy Walsh coming on there as well. He's uh, he's a different type of a forward compared to the forwards that they have at the minute. So giving them options in that that space as well. So yeah, it's um it's it's only looking good for Kerry if they can keep obviously all the lads fit um, and injury free. It's um it's going to be a good good summer for Kerry. And the one frustration um, Claire will have looking back on that game, the first goal especially when Polly Clifford plays an outrageous pass into one O'Shea, but all throughout the game, I suppose Claire really coughed up possession too easily and you can't afford to do that when you're an underdog in that kind of a game. No, and it, look, it, that was probably an unforced error, that hand pass, it was probably... It was middle of the pitch and it, the, the, the ball in was incredible, you know, so... Another team probably wouldn't have got a goal off it, but just the skill level that Kerry players have and the vision that um, Clifford had to pop that ball in the outside of his left. And to be honest, Shea didn't have to move. It was straight to him, and all he could do was finish it to the back of the net. But there was a couple of other chances there where the Kerry forward line just put the high press on and turned them over. You know, and when that happens, and just as a natural defender coming out with the ball, they're probably, probably not used to getting such a high-intensity press on them. And... They got turned over a number of times and, you know, Colin Collins won't be happy with it. And he spoke after the game that he was disappointed with the way they coughed up the ball too many times. And um, I think that was a bit of both, maybe naivety on Clare's point of view and obviously a high press pressure from Kerry forward line as well. You mentioned about um, the constant switching between the Kerry forwards. Do you think that is really just causing havoc for defences because they obviously have before they play the game um, all the different teams like who's going to match up with who and then when someone goes into the full forward line and then he comes back out to the half can create that bit of confusion oh, without a doubt as you said we spoke about it before and you see it like they're also natural in all their, their, their positions so they're just a natural forward unit that can rotate through through each position and um, it's it's the way to create confusion for a defence. You know, if a defence is organised, it's right, I'm picking this man up next thing. You're playing a half-back, and next thing, yeah, but full, full-back, who's someone who might not be a natural full-back, is stuck there one-on-one with Sean O'Shea, you know. So it's it's it just does, for a, for a defensive point of view, it creates havoc, unless there's incredible communication and, and talking among that six six defensive unit. It's very hard to try and contain and, and look. And the next thing you're looking over, who's my man? Next thing he's in behind for a one on one and he's burying the back of goal uh, in the back of the net, you know. So it's, um, 
it, it's it's very clever, but you have to have the players to be able to do that. You know, not every team can do that, um, because everybody's so seamless in, in their positions. Like, you know, you look at Gene, he was put out to half forward, and we, we've sort of questioned whether that was a good decision, but he's absolutely flying now. He looks extremely fit. He's 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 getting a couple of points in play. He's working very hard. Uh, he's changed possibly what we thought was his best position in a corner forward. Um, you know, winning that ball and, and sort of a finisher. So it's um, it's good to see, and you know, it's it's going to be difficult for teams to mark him. So Kerry go on to play Tip in the Munster semi-final. The other game um, in the Munster Senior Football Championship quarter-final was between Limerick and Waterford, and Billy Lee spoke before the game. Um, saying like there's a lot of expectation for Limerick after a good league coming into this game probably something they're not familiar with but when you consider when Billy Lee came in they're struggling in Division 4 now they're in a Munster semi-final against probably a Cork side who are lacking a bit of confidence and it's probably a huge opportunity for Limerick now to push on Oh big time yeah and there's no pressure on them coming into this game at all like we were you look at success and you, you've got to sort of say, what is success for Limerick? Like winning the first round in the Munster Championship, getting to a Munster semi-final. That's some sort of success for them this year. Um, so if they can go on and beat Cork in, in a Munster semi-final, that's a massive step up. And, and the, the league campaign that they've had, you know, they're only taking confidence from that. And look, if they, if they can cause an upset again, and the way Cork are going, like they're, they're very hot and cold at, you just don't know what Cork team will, will turn up and with a couple of injuries that they have, it's it's could could be another one from last year where Kerry took Cork for granted and you know we've seen what happened. So um look Limerick have some some lovely footballers, you know, they, they they created a lot of chances, they scored a massive score. What was it, four twenty two? Four eighteen. Four eighteen in the end, yeah. Like it's it's and any team that scores four eighteen, you know, deserves credit because had another couple of goal chances and they could have had six or seven goals, you know, and like you've got to look at the opposition as well and more for probably in a bad place at the minute. So, um, but you've still got to, you've got to play with what's in front of you and at the end of the day, they went out, done their job and they were, they were very professional in, in how they'd done it and um, they'll be very happy, obviously, after, after the win. Yeah, and even looking at the game, like they seem to be an extremely fit team, but an, an extremely, I suppose a team like they're running off the ball and their movement that created them chances is just very impressive. Yeah, big time. And there was there was were kicking points from all different sides, you know, and, and there was a there was a wide range of scores across the board as well. So they've um they've obviously worked very hard on their fitness and their conditioning and we spoke about it. I think every team is you know, that's something they can control themselves and it's good to see because over the years you've seen some of some of the lower let sort of division teams probably didn't focus on it and that's probably why as well you're not successful but they're they're really looking strong very fit and fast and you know creating that overlap and and that's where they got the goals came from you know they're running from deep and, and and just creating them chances which was which is pretty impressive as well yeah a 210 as well from the inside forward line um is definitely something that they can take confidence from heading into the um monster semi-final against cork um, moving on to the Leinster Senior Football Championship, um, a huge win for Wexford. They hadn't won a game in seven years, 
in the Leinster Championship. Um, and like they lost to Waterford as well in the league, and we were kind of questioning where is Wexford football at? But like, I know obviously Dublin is going to be a huge challenge for them, but like to get their first win in seven years is just progress already this year for Wexford. Well, that, that's you equate the, the success as we were saying, like that's their lens to find. You know, they're winning their first game in seven years is massive. Like, it's, it's worrying that it took seven years for them to get that first win, but obviously they're doing things now with Shane Roach involved. Um, obviously, the, the bit of messing with Paul Gavin at the beginning of the year wasn't great to, to get morale and get players going, um, which probably brought in a bad atmosphere then through the league, which didn't help. So, look, they've obviously regrouped and they're, they're focused and it was a great win. Look, Wicklow, Wicklow aren't at a great level either. So, it's... it's, it's um, it's it's a win is for Wexford at the minute. It's great, but it's it's just unfortunate that they're not going to get much momentum going. Obviously, into the, the game against Dublin, they played some nice football, played, scored a couple of nice goals, and um, it was just I just think Wicklow and I were, are very shook as well. And it was uh, it wasn't a great viewing match now, to be fair. And it was um, it was for, for Wexford. I don't care. I don't think they'll care how they won it as long as they won it. And um, as I say, it's just going to be a bit of a disaster now going in to play Dublin because Dublin, I don't think, will take any prisoners against them and it'll be, it'll be very, very scary after that game. In some really impressive performances, a player really that really impressed for Wexford at centre-back, Martin O'Connor. He got the goal late on the second half and he's, he's been playing well at Sigerson Cup for the last few years, John Turbot is the edge of square and Mark Roster as well. But like Wicklow were coming into this game with huge confidence. So that's where Wexford have to be given huge credit, like Wicklow coming in after eating Cavan. Yeah, and look, as as I say, like they that's they were obviously pretty focused and, and they were the driving things on. They were creating that overlap from deep through straight through the middle of the Wicklow defence and that's where the goal chances came from and they put the pressure on Wicklow and you know, Wicklow just couldn't respond and it was um okay you, you've got to give them credit for how they've done it and you know it's they're all sitting in the week before a championship game like they all want to win a game okay so Wicklow are the same Wexford are the same they're the same as Dublin they're the same as Kerry you know they, they the, these players are working harder if not harder than the top teams as well you know so we've got to put that in perspective and say look it's it's hard for these teams to out when they know the success isn't going to be massive and they know that one game and they're going to be playing against Dublin which is probably going to be a bit of a trounce and, and it's for them players to keep going and keep going and keep going and keeping that for the drive through is it, it's great to see and look it's um, look you're probably the two tier will, will probably separate that over next year and the, the coming years but they've got to just play what they can at the minute and if they um, if they get one win and they, they, they move on and that will maybe hopefully bring on some players from next year it might create a bit of a buzz around the place to get players back that maybe aren't involved in the Wexford team and um, look, that's that's what they can only hope for If you're Wexford training this week do you just look for anything more than a performance and keeping it competitive like, like Shane Roach is heading going to the players this weekend we're going to turn Dublin over 
he'll be saying that. He'll be saying there's a chance. He'll be, he won't be saying, look, we're just going to go up there for a stroll around Crow Park and see how we get on. Not going to happen. Um, I think it'll be Wexford Park, isn't it? Actually? Yeah, Wexford Park, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's they're going to say, we have them down here. We have them at home. Let's keep it tight. Let's try and reduce them down very minimal score as much as we can and then see what happens but they have to do that to be honest because if you don't and you just roll over to Dublin that's just even worse so you have to have some sort of game plan to try and counteract what Dublin can do Dublin are clever and they've been up against all sort of game plans and different types of plays so they'll be they'll be able to work around it as well but you've got to have a goal you have to have some sort of drive to win the game as well there's no point saying we're gonna just go out and sort of we'll just lose by ten, you know, because then you lose by twenty five, and that that's that's sort of the the reality of it, to be honest. So you have to say, right, we have a chance. It's not a big chance, but there's fifteen men on this pitch, and there's fifteen on fifteen, and once that opportunity is there, anything can happen. It's it's not overly realistic, but still a chance that we could um we could turn Dublin over. Um. A game that we really talked about being uh, tight was between Offaly and Loud. Went all the way to extra time. Um, a thrilling encounter by both sides, like re- really end end stuff. Yeah, and it, it was like I, I I thought Loud would pull it out of the bag. They were, you know, Offaly got that the the goal, probably a shot for a point, but it was still went in, and they probably had a couple of other chances that they should have taken, but it was um. As it kicked on into extra time, then you know, off you obviously got a couple of goals to be able to kick on and, and see out the game. But it was it was an entertaining game, some great scores, uh, both teams, and it was great to see Nine Macmy starting, and he got and he had one three or one four did he? Um, I know he got Nine Macmy. Um, yeah, I, in the end, I think in the end he got one three. Yeah, it was one, one three. three. Yeah, yeah, and lucky. He was moving well inside, and um, I know Mahan had been using him as a sort of impact sub, bringing on 15 20 minutes to go. But obviously, his fitness level was a backup to be able to start inside, and he was he was he was sort of the man who got them going um, in the first half. But Cloud, you know, there's some lovely footballers, um, and they were unlucky now, to be fair. I, I thought they look as we said, it was going to be close, they're very well matched, to be honest, with, with the quality players that they have. and it was there was some lovely football played and I'd say Mickey Hart would be would be devastated after not getting get normal time because I think they just tired a wee bit and, and they sort of they probably wouldn't have as many lads coming on. The squad wouldn't be as big as the awfully impact that the, the awfully players had coming onto the pitch as well. Yeah, and awfully were leading one fifteen to fifteen points towards the end. Lau brought it back to one fifteen to eighteen, and then it looked like Sam O'Reilly was just going to rob it right at the end. And like before he was in, you were nearly expecting him. He's just so unlucky to just narrowly put it wide. Yeah, and look, he was after kicking the free before to level the game, and the pressure was on, so you wouldn't hold him against him. But yeah, that's how close it can be. <laughs> it's it's a cruel game, and on another day that goes over, you're gonna gone into a, a Leinster quarter final and. And now, now they're out of the championship, and that's the fine margins in in championship football, unfortunately. And they'll be ruined some of them chances that they miss. But you know, I think overall, in the whole scheme of the game, I think Offaly probably just deserved it. Yeah, Offaly obviously finishing strong and getting two more goals in, in extra time to win out. 
But it's one worrying thing, like when they're ahead by three points, um, like late enough on the game. I think it was just before injury time, they were leading by three points. And like John Mann said, he thought the game was they would be able to finish it out. And like they're letting teams back into that game easily. It would have to worry them, especially uh, playing Kildare now. Yeah, look, that, that happens sometimes in games when you're when you're a couple of points ahead. You maybe see two minutes on the clock, so they right, just hold off, hold back. But we just retreat, 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 and bringing the pressure on. So then it gives an opportunity for you know handy freeze, a couple of tight situations. Next thing, usually a ref will probably give the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team because they're behind. Um, and then next thing, it's a point, another point, and next thing you're under pressure to hold out and see out the game. So it was probably just a bit of. You know, awfully feeling the pressure, inviting the pressure from loud on, dropping too deep, and the next thing giving them the opportunities to get back into the game. So it's um it's something they'll probably look at, but I don't I don't think they'll be overly worried about it. I think it's it's just a natural reaction in most games. Yeah, you mentioned the form there in Nine Mac may get one three. Um I can people all say he's an unbelievable footballer, but you still think he's somewhat overrated because you look at the goal he set up to Peter Cunningham where he was he caught the rebound and he was able just knew at the exact time when to play it across him. Oh no he's definitely not overrated anyway. He's um he's a player that's definitely brought Larry through a lot of hard times over the last sort of fifteen Sorry I meant actually the feeling underrated. underrated yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um yeah look I no I think Everyone realizes how good a footballer he is. Um, he's been on international rule team. He's been on Leinster teams over the years, and you know everyone from outside of Offaly re- realizes how good of a footballer he is. And he, um, he retired there a couple of years ago, but it's good to see him back. And he's he's he still has probably a year or two left in him anyway. So he's uh, he's just such a clever footballer, as you said, for the goal. Could see it, and he was after getting the pass from Cunningham for his own goal. So he was just returning the favor, but to see that pass and give it perfectly across. It was, uh, you know, not everyone sort of takes that for granted. It just naturally can be done, but not as simple as that. Uh, just the other game then in the uh, Leinster Senior Football Championship quarterfinals, Longford uh, winning out 213 um, to 25 points. Um, and 25 points, a massive score for Port Davis's team to put up. Do you think they'll be fancying their chances against me because they beat? Beating them a few years ago, and with the injuries like that, Mead have at the moment as well, and putting up a score like twenty-five points um, can only be a positive for them. Oh, big time! We give them a lot of confidence going into the game, um, especially with everything that's happening with ourselves and just who who are around the, on the twenty management team there. Um, they'll use that as sort of an, another pick them pick me up to say right, we can we can get get at them here. We can. You know, they're obviously not in a good place. There's a lot of crap going on involved with the, the meat set up and let's try and take advantage of it, to be honest. But um, look, I think Mead will have enough on the day. Longford have to be confident that you've got to come into the game and you have the confidence the same as Wexford going in against Dublin. You have to have confidence going in if you have any chance at all. So it's um, obviously, it was great shooting and it was a great game, very end-to-end, very open, free-flowing football. And it was... Um, I think Longford were always on top. There, I think they were like seven. I think they got Carlo got it back to maybe three or four points in, in one stage. But Longford were always the better team, and um, it was the probably worrying thing about what Longford is what they did, 
what they uh, concede, you know, so they're going to have to look at the defensive setup and see how can we reduce that down because I know with me, lads, they like to get goals, they, they'll go for goals and um, that's that's where the pressure will be coming on for, <clears throat> for long for the, the next day. Yeah, and they're at 17 points to 10 um, on 47 minutes, so, or in 49 minutes, so that just shows really in the end how comfortable it was. Maybe just consolation goes for uh, Carlo, but Longford as well, um, 10 points between Reem Brady and um, Rob, Robbie Smith, and they kicked some really outstanding points um, in that game. Yeah, and these are the quality poppers, but just probably aren't seen as much because getting on through the, the Lens Championship um, and probably not getting as much sort of the profile of some of the top players in the top teams because they're not the games aren't maybe being shown as much. But these lads are as good as any players across the country and on their day they can they can they can light it up. And as you said, some of the scores that were kicking from both sides was was top class. And it's um for me we're gonna have to obviously focus on them players and, and sort of try and marshal them as best as we can because if you give them any any rope at all that they'll, they'll as you say kick ten points in the game and that's uh, that's something that you're gonna have to focus on. For Carlo as well, um, they'd be hugely disappointed that they didn't come out on top of that game. But like they do look to be progressing, and they played some great football. But like it's just been hard for Niall Carew when he's come into this setup the last two years with COVID and everything happening. Yeah, look, it's it's hard for him. it's like Mickey Hart coming into Loud. Like it's it just breaks momentum. To be honest, you you have a great plan to get the team going, and um, it's. It's it's extremely tough for a new manager, at least with a manager that's been in and knows these players and got is used to the surroundings and the players have got used to the management set. That's fine, but it's uh, through COVID now it's been extremely difficult for new managers coming in to try and set the sort of stall out and sort of even their game plan and their style of play and, and just working enough through challenge matches and stuff like that to try and benefit going forward because obviously the restrictions in place have, have, have reduced down any any challenge matches over the last couple of months and it's um it's difficult then to work on any any of the stuff that they, they hope to sort of replicate in the games and um look hopefully it won't be the kit situation next year and we'll be able to be back out full swing again and that'll give Carlo the chance to then step up again and hopefully improve improve on that. Yeah, that's all on um, today's show, um, looking back at the action over the weekend. We'll be back later on um, previewing the games this coming weekend. But uh, Joe Sheridan, thanks for your time. Okay, thanks.